Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Board Games podcast. This is McKay Anderson. You may know me on social media as the Board Game Critic. Typically, I'm on here with my co-host Evan from Being Friends. Today, I'm doing a solo episode just because it's been a busy summer, and in the interest of keeping the content coming, I wanted to make sure that we got something out. There was also a little something in my life recently that... If you don't know much about this podcast, we're all about self-improvement and how board games have made us better people and how we can make the world a better place by improving ourselves, improving the games that we play, and just using board games as a mechanism to making ourselves and the world better. And that's largely what we aim to do. I had a really interesting thing happen in my life that I'm not necessarily proud of, but it is in the vein of self-improvement and becoming better, and it also has to do with games. So I figured, how could I not either make this into its own episode, which is what I'm doing, or at least bring it up? Games to me have always been pretty much a given. It's a really nice opportunity for me personally to demonstrate that I'm worth something, that I can kind of see how my logic and my ability to reason and strategize kind of measures up to other people. It's one of the main reasons I really like that. I didn't really play collectible card games as a kid. I did collect Pokemon cards and play the game a little bit, but it wasn't a major hobby or pastime. It was really just a way of collecting stuff. I really didn't play Magic the Gathering until I started working for Hasbro a few, well, I guess more than a few years ago. Um, Right out of college, I got hired by Hasbro. And as you probably know, Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro. And so there were a lot of opportunities to play Magic for free. Now, the expense of collectible card games has always been a huge barrier for me in this space. I just couldn't really get on board with a game that required that I spend money to be good at it. Now, when I started working for Hasbro, that barrier was in large removed because they had pre-release events and drafts where I didn't need to provide anything, and I was on a level playing field with other people who, yes, had been playing the game longer than me, but didn't necessarily have access to more than I had access to. I fell hard for Magic the Gathering, and the opportunity and just the camaraderie even um there were a couple negative experiences which we've talked about in previous episodes but for the most part the reception was warm and welcoming i um it wasn't too long i think i went to maybe two before it um before i won my next pre-release and it was an awesome experience the elation the it was just fun to be part of this tournament So you can see from what I've told you about my personality, you can kind of see why Magic the Gathering is kind of a trap for me, if you will. Um, The opportunity to have this tournament, this level playing field, a group of people that are like-minded, and I mean, it's everything that I want as far as a test of my abilities and a chance to see how I'll do. Now... I played a little bit of Magic Online during that time. It was before Magic the Gathering Arena was released. And so 
I played a little bit online and that was also fun. It was a less expensive way to compete in the same kind of tournaments. You also didn't have to look at people face to face. So there was something uh, appealing about that as well. I got to enter into these tournaments and compete without without the added social anxiety that comes along with uh, some of these things. Now, I stopped working for Hasbro and Arena was released for Mac and iOS not too long ago, which is everything that I have. That's a different argument for a different time, so please don't crucify me yet. But I fell into Magic again pretty hard. I had gone without playing Magic for quite a while. I mean, I would play every now and then with friends, but for the most part, I hadn't touched the game, and I dove back into it pretty solidly. I could have it on my phone. It was so accessible. And I mean, it was to the point where it was to the point where my daily check-ins and goals were a serious like it was something that I thought about often and missing those gave me anxiety. And I still really enjoyed the drafts, the pre-releases. Um for the first time I spent a little bit of money on magic, which I still don't like to admit to (laughs) for a long time. I definitely lauded the fact that I did not spend money on the hobby that I just played it where it was free and stuff like that. Um, and I wanted to say I was having fun. And if somebody asked, I would have said, yes, it's very enjoyable for me. And I do still stand by the fact that there was a level of enjoyment. And what this all comes down to is I've really quit playing Magic, at least in its digital format. And I want to talk a little bit about that decision because I didn't come by it easily. There is a lot of mental preparation and a lot of hours that go into understanding the metagame, understanding the cards that are available, reading up on new sets that are coming out, new mechanics, all of those things. The idea of slipping in that quote-unquote skill was nerve-wracking to me. And so the decision to quit is not just, hey, I'm going to put a pin in this and I'm not going to play for a while. There's actually a lot more depth that goes into that because the time and the energy invested up to that point feels so real and feels so wasted if you just stop. And so I think that's a large part of what kept me going playing the digital format of Magic is because I had this momentum and this real investment in it. Not a financial investment, but a moral and mental and just an energy investment into the sport that you have to face at some point if you just stop what happens? And I think a lot of us can examine this from our real life perspective and board games in general, hobbies in general. What happens if you just stop? And the answer is nothing. And I think that's what's so scary. You expect the halting of one of these hobbies to leave you with a massive hole in your life. And while I'll be honest, it did feel like I had lost a limb for a bit, I did 
get over it. And now I feel like saying I'm several months sober. And although that's not, uh, it's definitely not addictive on that level, but the decision to quit playing magic digitally for me was born of a lot of things. It got difficult for me to sit down in front of a computer or to sit down and pull out my phone without thinking, can I squeeze in a quick match? It got to the point where I knew that if I started a match or a tournament or a draft or whatever, that I wouldn't be able to do anything until that was finished. Like I walking away from a game and taking the loss was pretty devastating to me. And I say all of this and I I prefaced all of this with, I do feel a little bit embarrassed and a little bit ashamed to have some of these emotions and these feelings attached to a digital game because it's pretty outrageous um when you really think about it and when you really think about the quality of the time that you're spending it got it got to the point where i was i was putting actual relationships actual people on hold or on the back burner because i needed to finish a game of magic or something like that like I say, this is this is a little bit hard for me to vocalize because it's really taking a look at where my priorities were. And that is really at the core of why I decided to stop. And I'm not saying that I'll never play Magic digitally again. In fact, the next set that comes out, I'm very tempted to get on and do a couple drafts or do the pre-release event and then be done with it. But that's the problem. I don't know if I would be done with it after that. I think I need to keep it to physical in-person events to keep it on that level. And that's why I like board games to the extent that I do is because it's an opportunity to connect with real people, to have real experiences and real moments and there's something about learning how to play this head-to-head battling card game and look in the person's eyes and evaluate like that they're a real person trying just as hard as you to win this game. The last draft that I went to, um, I did very well, actually. Um, I ended up winning, but I did play against somebody who was very nice, but you could tell the moment that it got very upsetting to them. And... I had to adjust what I was doing internally, um, being very careful not to gloat at all and being very careful to make sure that they knew that I was impressed with the game that they had played even though I lucked out and was able to come back. These are the things that are important. And I guess at the end of the day, I want to tell you that I stopped playing the digital form of magic because I... I recognized that it wasn't making me a better person, that it was actually hindering that process, that it was a barrier to my social and physical development. I'll, I'll say that there was some mental development, and I think it is good for the mind to play some of these things. But for me personally, I had seen a decline in how I treated other human beings in the form of neglecting them or their needs 
neglecting friendships in the interest of completing these digital goals. And I don't think that this is a problem that only exists in the magic space. I think there is or there are a lot of games that fall into this category. And I never want to put a digital game ahead of some person's feelings. And at the end of the day, when we talk about a better world of board gaming, which is what, that's our tagline for this podcast, is we strive to make a better world of board gaming. I would like to plug that board gaming and digital gaming are different. And while you have digital versions of physical board games, there gets to be a really gray area. But take stock of any hobby in your life. And board games have taught me this very recently, and I'm still learning and growing because of all of this. But take stock of, do you put something? It can be anything. It can be working out or exercise. It can be any hobby, really. Do you place it ahead of human beings? And I think we need to ask ourselves this on a regular basis and realize that other people and feelings, especially when it comes down to family and friends, are you neglecting or damaging your relationship with them because of what you're putting ahead of them? And I think a good measure for this is honestly just being honest with them. Are you willing to tell them, hey, I can't come meet you right now because I have to finish this game of magic? Or are you saying, hey, sorry, I got held up. I'll be there later. And are you ashamed to tell them what you put ahead of them? And I was. And I, there was, uh, I believe there was one time when somebody wanted to hang out and I had, I had settled on doing a couple uh, drafts online and I told them no, that I had things that I couldn't. And that's pretty low. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I, I'm ashamed that I did that. And this is my step to wanting to be a better person. And I think we've kind of reached the limit of what I like to do for a solo episode. You don't need to hear me talk for a really long time. But I want you all to know that I value this hobby and I value board games probably more than um, more than a lot of people, <laughs> and it's probably to a fault. But I do believe there's so much good in the world of board gaming. I have met so many amazing and brilliant people through board games that I wouldn't have otherwise. It's a great hobby to be a part of, and I want us all to remember that the end goal of all of this is to be better and to treat people better. And I believe that board games get us there. If you don't think board games are doing that for you, then I urge you to take a serious look at why you play board games. Because really, it's people and their feelings and emotions and connections that really matter through all of this. And so... Like I said, I'll try and stop because I just feel like I could keep repeating myself over and over forever. But I hope you have a fantastic next week and try and find some way to improve your life, whether it's related to board games or not. I don't care. I think 
there's something in all of our lives that can be improved. And that's what today's uh, podcast is in the spirit of. Change is hard. Improving yourself is hard. It's oftentimes awkward and painful to look yourself in the eye and say, what do I need to change and how do I need to be different? And I hope we all can do that. And if you like this episode, if you want to hear more stuff like this, please let me know. Um, because this was hard for me. I probably won't do this again unless people really respond to it. Um, And if you need to find more of me or Evan or on social media, primarily Instagram and YouTube as the board game critic and being friends, I would very much appreciate um, if you could rate this on whatever you listen um, to this podcast on, whether it's uh, Apple or Audible or Spotify. If you can sit down and write a review and give us a rating um, just for feedback on our part. We really do appreciate uh, all of that. And ratings kind of translate to viewers in a lot of ways. And if you can uh, if you can provide us with an honest review, I would very much appreciate it. And I know Evan would as well. So until next time, when you'll most likely have both of us back on here, thank you so much for being part of this and taking the time to hear me rant and uh, confront some, uh, some things in my life that I'm anxious to change. And until next time, go out and uh, go out and be better. And we'll, we'll catch you again. Bye.